This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast and support the show. Yeah. Thanks. And rate us and whatever else it is you do. Um, I was looking through the notes that I had for today and Uh I realized like it's Pride Month Uh and just about everything is Pride related. Oh, really? um, Or LGBTQ related. And that's not even a coincidence. That's just what everyone's angry about now. Sure. Um, and I don't even know where to start, but I, how are you <laughs> before I do that? <laughs> I'm fine. Just woke up from a nap. So a little out of it. Congratulations. Thank you. Did okay. You... This is the one that pissed me off the most. Okay. So we'll start with this. There is a conference going on this weekend. Okay. In Florida, okay. in Orlando, the location of the Pulse nightclub area uh-huh. in general on the third anniversary of that massacre. And it's... B- it's being put on by, you remember Pastor Stephen Anderson, the no. uh, independent fundamentalist Baptist preacher who hates gay people and I mean, got banned from like all of Europe on a recent trip. So that rings a bell. Yeah. So that guy is known for like just, <laughs> and it's not just him. There's like 30 of these new IFB independentist, independent fundamentalist Baptist churches. There's, uh-huh. like, there's dozens of them. And they, I don't know all their congregation sizes, uh-huh. but they all videotape their sermons uh-huh. as powerful, like as good quality as possible. They make sure the mic is working, uh-huh. and they post everything on YouTube where anti-gay stuff totally flies. Yeah, thanks and, YouTube. Yeah, so that guy and all of his little IFB cohorts <laughs> are hosting this conference. It's called Make America Straight Again. You're fucking nope, lying. That's it. <laughs> so they're hosting this conference. They did not reveal the location until today because they didn't want, you know, oh, protesters. Jesus Christ. Like, because if we got to worry about people, it's the protesters and not the people who think gay people should be put to death by the government oh because that's what they believe. What is the matter? With Here's people? some of the things some of these people have said. Steven Anderson, the, like the headmaster of this crazy cult. Uh, he celebrated the Pulse nightclub massacre because there were, quote, 50 less pedophiles in the world. Fuck. Uh, he also said he's, quote, not going to sit here and cry about it and say it's a tragedy because it's not. He also said in a different sermon, if he could push a button and kill every homosexual, he would, quote, push it until it breaks. That's just one dude. There's another guy who said the worst thing about the massacre was that the shooter, quote, didn't finish the job. Jesus. Another guy who says we could go, he wishes we can go back to the time when society put gay people in their place. Six feet under. So That's three of, there's another guy, by the way, who uh, says LGBTQ stands for let God burn them quickly. So these people are inciting violence against a protected Well, here's class. the thing. They will say, I'm not saying my congregation should hurt gay people. I'm not going to hurt gay people. I'm just saying th- the Bible says the government should have the power to do it. And this is what they get away with. This is how they distance themselves from whatever their congregation members may do. And so this is what's going on in Orlando. These people are all getting together and celebrating. By the way, all of their sermons that are on YouTube also, before they get taken down at some point or another for Mm -hmm. hate speech, they all say things like, it's a fire-breathing sermon. Because they think if you just yell really loudly and say, like, uh, call gay people by slurs, but you do it really loudly and with the Bible in your hand... That makes it a better sermon. Mm-hmm. So they're all like, yeah, this guy's preaching fire. 
and they all say the same thing. I think I might go back to bed, actually. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. do this. So this is what's happening this weekend. So now there's a sheriff. They actually asked the Lake County Sheriff's Office in that community, hey, we need to hire some of your deputy officers to you know, protect us, like a lot of churches do, on right. to help with traffic flow sure. at a busy intersection. You hire local police. That's mm-hmm. legal. That's fine. Um, the sheriff's office said no. Really? <laughs> and they basically said the request uh, was declined for a couple of reasons. First, it appears as though the conference disparages homosexuals. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll oh, be targeting it? them. Oh, what the reading thing. did you get there? Yeah. They also said the fact that the timing of this conference coincides with the three-year anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting in nearby Orlando did not go unnoticed by our staff. We, feel, we felt as though the timing of the conference is in poor taste, and we chose not to allow the group to hire our deputies. They will have a police presence there, wherever there ends up being. Uh-huh. Because, again, the police are going to show up, if they're good, in any place where there might be a conflict. Right. So they said, yeah, we may be there just to keep the peace. But we're not going to let this church hire us as their bodyguards or Jesus. whatever. They ended up hiring like a private firm to be their bodyguards. But Because, again, the people who you're worried about when it comes to violence are the LGBTQ protesters right. and With not their the pithy people signs. <laughs> yeah and not the actual Christians who are saying death to gays. Oh my god. Um, but that's monsters. a real thing that's happening. And the weird thing is like I, I will say the news coverage has I mean the the response has been fine. It's everyone saying oh dear god these hate preachers are doing right. this. The local news has been like I mean it's happening. Let's interview the headmaster, the local, like, they're not nearly doing enough. And of course, all those people are like, what? It's a First Amendment thing. We have a right. No one's arguing you don't have a right to say it. If somebody has to make the argument that something is technically legal, then you've (laughs) lost the argument. Yeah. I I mean, the truth is, because they do this all the time, they say this stuff. They just don't gather in one place and say it all the time. I actually don't think there's going to be any violence because we're used to, we know what they say we know what the protesters will say right um and these people are just here to rile up gay people because imagine if one ally or lgbtq person like punches out a congregation member right. they get to play victim too right. it's like a twofer yeah so they're just trying to incite mm-hmm. violence from the other side and usually our side is better at like picking that bait yeah you know so i mean i don't think anything's gonna happen but at some point, here's what I'm worried about. At some point, one of these hate preachers is going to inspire one of their congregation members to do something crazy. As if that hasn't happened already. Like, let's not pretend that people who have already been, in, like... By these guys specifically. And that's what I... I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't happened yet. But I mean... But it's going to. I, I think it's impossible to get something back to the root cause of that specifically. I think that if you have people on the street murdering trans women... Right. Where are they getting that where from? Where are they getting that from? And whether it's uh-huh. specifically this guy or just an amalgamation of this guy times a thousand, which is just all over the place, it's not about these idiots. It's about the fact that this rhetoric is out there and for whatever reason, acceptable. Right. Uh, by the way, Patrick Boyle is the preacher who's on the ground in Florida. That's where he's based. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are from other parts of the country. He actually said he wanted 
uh, everyone to like bring their. He was really hoping because Florida's a stand your ground state that he's like bring things because if the protesters incite violence, we can respond back. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Again, they like to talk tough. Right. They're weak in general. Um, But this is a thing that's actually happening. So. Yeah. No, fuck these guys. Happy Pride Month. It's. We. There are actually some protesters. I went to the Aurora Pride last weekend. Yeah. Um, and there were some protesters there, which was cool. Cool of them. <laughs> and, you know, super effective because they're super... Like, what are they doing? Why? They're spreading why? the gospel. But why? But why? Why? Why do they care? Why? 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 Because they really want to convince you that all sins are bad and they want you to stay away from sin. But there's one sin that they just pick apart over and over and over. It's not the other stuff. It's not treat people with kindness. And if you don't, that's a sin. No, no, no. It's just, nope, if you're gay, let's talk about how horrible you are. That's their whole shtick. And again, when you say this with confidence, like, look, I'm better because this is what I believe and I'm holding the Bible when I do it. There's a bunch of young, a lot of young, like impressionable people who are like, well, this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing. Have you seen there's like an onion headline that's <laughs> and it's this guy is wrong, but he's also really loud. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, that's our life right yeah. now. Um, anyway. Hey, you're a white woman. Have I you am. heard of Nicholas Sparks? I have. Yeah. So did you know, because I did not know this until this week, he owns and runs a Christian school. I didn't know that. Yeah. That doesn't he, surprise me, per he se? runs. He's the founder of a private Christian school called mm-hmm. the Epiphany School of Global Studies in North Carolina. Okay. And the reason this is in the news this week is because yeah. basically... One of their old headmasters for the school, his name is Saul, Saul Benjamin, uh, he was fired years ago. Uh, he's sued the school and its board, saying, like, I was wrongfully gotten dismissed. dismissed. And the reason, and now emails are coming out that were wow. sent between him and board members and back. And the reason that they say he was fired is because he was, like, insubordinate. He wasn't taking their... Uh, he wasn't doing what the board wanted him to do. And one of those things involves Nicholas Sparks personally saying, you can't have a gay club at this school. No LGBTQ club. Oh. Yeah, and Nicholas Sparks, quote, not allowing them to have a club is not discrimination because they're Christian and they can get away with it. Oh, so basically, no. Sparks, chast- this is from the Daily Beast, which uh, laid out a lot of these emails. In one message, Sparks chastised the former headmaster for, quote, what some people perceive as an agenda that strives to make homosexuality open and accepted. And this is what Sparks doesn't want. And, of course, the board is saying, no, we're not anti-gay. We got rid of this guy because he wasn't listening to us, and he deserved to be fired, but also they're anti-gay. Wait, so so the fact that this guy is suing is kind of tangential to the fact that Nicholas Sparks is a Yeah, the headline is not about the trial that's going to happen later on. It's about, oh, these emails uncovered that one of the biggest selling romance novelists, the guy who did The Notebook and A Walk to Remember and all those lovey-dovey romance stories. Really impressed you got too. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, He's the reason that this gay club couldn't exist and the guy who writes all this white people fan fiction about 
the romance novels, he re- the, there's a reason it's always the same type of couple. Yeah. Because he's really anti-gay. Yeah, under the guise he writes of a lot of stories about straight white people, doesn't he? Yeah, I will give it up to us, as uh, Beth Kaplan, who writes on my site, who's who said, and I had not heard this description before, Nicholas Sparks is the guy whose book covers are best described as white people almost kissing. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but correct. I had no idea about Nicholas Sparks being anti-gay, and now his emails are very clear that he is. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I'm fine canceling Nicholas Sparks. I walk to remember. I read in <laughs> high school, and even then I thought I was sappy. Like... There you go. With all of my high school emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, another another preacher who hates gay people who I did not know, who's not connected to the Orlando people. Oh, good. Oh, there's more There's more. This guy, uh, actually, I lie. He's part of the same IFB oh, preachers, okay. but I don't know if he's going to the conference, but it's a different story. So there's a guy named Greg Fritz or Grayson Fritz who goes by Greg. I don't know. Okay. He's from Knoxville, Tennessee. He runs a place called Same's All Scripture. Grayson and he goes by Greg? I, How uninteresting is this guy? He's white. All scripture, Baptist church. uh, And the church, the mission on the church says, like, no homosexual will be allowed to attend or join all scripture, Baptist church, because they all wanted to. Oh, my God. Clambering for it. So he put up a video this month that was, like, taken down by YouTube. But here's one of the things he said. And he was going off this idea that the government should have the right to execute gay people because this is what all these people believe. He said, you know, the Bible says the powers that be are ordained of God and God has instilled the power of civil government to send the police in 2019 out to these LGBT freaks and arrest them and have a trial for them. And if they are convicted, then they are to be put to death. Do you understand that? This is to his congregation. It is a capital crime that should be carried out by our government. Not not Christians, like in no, general. Not no. unless you're a policeman. You know what I mean? If you're a policeman, then you know what? It should be your responsibility to carry these things out. Guess what his job is? His day job? Monster in chief. Policeman. Get the fuck out of my life. Are you yeah. kidding? So this guy works for the Knox County Sheriff's Office. And he just happens to run this hate church he in his He needs to get time. fired. Yeah. So that sermon. He's sp- going to kill people. No shit. So the Knox County DA, uh, district attorney's office, said they're looking into the incident. They will take action accordingly. Right now, before the sermon came to light, I guess the, the pastor had asked for a buyout. Like they were trying to get rid of some people. He's like, all right, give me some money. I'll leave. So he was already in the process of like oh, okay. getting out the police force, on paid leave, but he's, they're looking into the buyout option for him. So he was already on the way out, but he's been there for like 25 years. And only now have people <laughs> figured out that he's super anti-gay. No. He was named detective of the month in 2017. 2017 is when he opened this church. He very well could have gotten this award as he's saying the government should be executing gay people. Yeah, the thing is, you say that they didn't realize he was homophobic. They definitely knew. <laughs> like, let's not be naive here. Somebody who spouts that kind of rhetoric does not, like zip it up when he's like on the job on the job yeah so they all knew it just took this coming to light to people who care about gay people and do not want them to get murdered in the streets by the men who are supposed to protect them yeah so that guy (sighs) is still we don't they don't have a response to him yet because he's still spewing he actually put out another sermon where he referenced all the backlash he's gotten over this sermon 
Uh, that was this week too. Like, but they haven't taken any real action because again, I, I feel like their argument's going to be, well, he could say whatever he wants in church as long as he doesn't act on it. And they don't have any evidence yet that he ever did anything in the line of work uh-huh. that would suggest he treated gay people wrongly. Um, but who knows? Jesus. Like, how many, uh, 25 years he's worked there. How many opportunities has he had? And the gay people ask him for help. How many times has that happened where he either provided subpar service yeah. or he didn't really take them seriously? Or, like we talked about last week, what if someone said, like, I was beaten up because I was gay? And he's like, Good. Like, when did that happen? I don't know. But this is what they need to investigate now. They need to go back through his cases and figure it out. Um, God. Okay, I got one more. This one about anti-gay stuff. But this (laughs) one is almost frivolous in a sense that it seems quaint compared to these guys. Mm -hmm. So here's the story. It took a while to figure out the timeline and chronology of this thing. But here's the story. Uh, In Kentucky, in Louisville, there is a local ballet, Louisville Ballet. And they put out a flyer last year for an upcoming show called, I think, Human Abstract. And the photo, the flyer that they sent out to members of the ballet uh-huh. was basically, uh, imagine two guys in the ballet tights. Uh, they're tight, ballet tights. Like, they show off their curves of these men. Oh, God, don't move your eyebrows like that. I, I don't know how to describe this. But it shows two men holding hands wearing ballet tights. That's it. It doesn't can show I them embracing. You I can come, come around and look, and look at this. Um, but it shows these two guys. They're just standing there with their backs to you. Very curvy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what ballet tights are. It's ballet tights. And so anyway, this guy receives the flyer. His name is Dr. Roberto Boli. He gets this flyer, and he sends a very angry email to the Louisville Ballet. Uh-huh saying things like, your company is now promoting sodomy and homosexuality, like the ballet with Who gay people? sodomy? Yeah, this guy. He said, stop sending filth to my house. I don't want my house to be sullied by this lurid sewage. You should be ashamed of promoting perversion, immorality, and filth. Your organization is evil. You people are minions of Satan, polluting our culture with your repugnant ideology, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for contributing to the decay of our culture. So So he sent this to the ballet last year. um, I just want to say, Mm -hmm. I was a ballet dancer for 20 years or so. I have such bad news for this guy. (laughs) He's not going to like what that shit looks like behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah, did you know there are gay ballet dancers? Who knew? Could you believe it? I mean, he's going to learn about Broadway soon, too. Yeah. So anyway. He should watch Center Stage. He'll learn a thing. (laughs) This guy is a cardiovascular (laughs) physician with the University of Louisville. Oh, Christ. The chief of cardiovascular medicine at the medical school and the editor-in-chief of the uh, American Heart Association's journal, Circulation Research. He's not a nobody doctor. Oh my God. He's a powerful doctor. And here's the thing. The university's like, we have no evidence of him ever discriminating. <sighs> he might say this stuff. He might believe this stuff. But again, we don't have any proof he's ever done anything bad, um, like while on the clock, uh, right? Yeah. But the journal... And the American Heart Association could say, 
yeah, no, we don't like your hate. We don't want it here. We don't want to be associated with you. Sure. So they said the American Heart Association has a zero tolerance policy with respect to personal conduct that conflicts with its guiding values oh, and its commitment to an environment that embraces diversity and inclusion. Basically, you're not going to run our journal anymore. So they wow. could get rid of him there, but he still gets the job at the university and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So this week, this all happened in the course of several months uh, it's like local news, but it's not big news elsewhere. Sure. But this month, he wrote his final article, like the editor's message for circulation research. Oh, God. He doesn't mention any of the gay stuff. He doesn't mention the controversy. He just says, look at what I've accomplished in the past 10 years. Congratulations, me. And I'm sorry that I'm leaving, basically. But my favorite part of this entire long journal, mm-hmm. like, commemoration of his career there, at the very end, he offers a prayer. Which, which is really his attempt at saying, scientists, you should embrace God. Oh my, my God. God. <laughs> he basically is making a plea to get a Templeton Prize, like where they give you researchers money for saying church and state. Or I'm sorry, like, like science and religion are really oh, compatible. Yeah. It feel, feels like he's writing his application for them. He's saying, like, and I'm summarizing here because it's long and jargony, but can we admit that it takes more faith to believe that life came about and, invo- and evolved only by random chemical reactions than to believe in a supernatural reality? It is through science that we get a glimpse of the infinite power and intelligence of our creator. I pray that we recognize that biology is ultimately theology. Use this whole message, this prayer, to be like, hey, scientists, get good with God. Stop dismissing God. It's like, dude, you lost your job because God made you a horrible human being. And now you're asking people to, like, stop using your reason and logic. Oh, my God. Just embrace the Christian God. That is what you all need. Now, (sighs) and then he thinks he has a mic drop with this at the end. (laughs) He used the word bigotry once in that essay. Uh Uh-huh. And it wasn't to talk about his own action. <laughs> it was to describe scientists who dismiss the supernatural. Oh, oh, I don't know. If that's he said, what he "How dare we eschew the bigotry of rejecting non-materialistic explanations?" Oh, that's not what bigotry means. That's my good totally dude. not what bigotry means. So that guy is not going to run their magazine, uh, the journal anymore. But he still gets to keep his job at the university. So that's a thing. Wow, aren't wow. we full of crazy stuff today? We have to take wow. a break from, like, LGBT stuff so I can talk about other stuff. Okay. Uh, Jessica Biel. Oh, She's I, in the uh, news this week. I heard about this. Um, so she's anti-vaxxer? Is that she's what She's kind of an anti-vaxxer. Kind yeah. of? Uh, she, will admit, she will say, no, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, which is what all the anti-vaxxers say. Uh-huh. So California has one of these outbreak problems uh-huh. where they have uh, too many people who are not vaccinated. It's leading to outbreaks of measles and whatnot. And California says the problem in our state, one problem in our state right now is that we allow religious right. exemption. I'm sorry. We have medical exemptions for vaccines. That's good. There you are some to. people who can't have vaccines for medical reasons. And that's why all the rest of us need to be vaccinated. 
now the problem is there are some doctors who say, all right, Jessica, you get a medical exemption. And this other guy gets a medical exemption. But you don't really need it. Same way doctors prescribe weed for glaucoma. (laughs) Like, all right, yeah, things are only blurry. Right. So the problem is, like, some of these religious people who may not want it for religious reasons, or Jenny McCarthy's who want it for that. Some doctors are giving them medical exemptions to the rule. Do we know who these doctors are? I think there are ways of figuring it out. But here's the thing. The California legislature has a bill that would crack down on the doctors who yeah. are giving medical exemptions that people don't really need. And it's going to tighten those restrictions. That's a good thing. Yeah. Jessica Beale, the actress who was in what? Uh, She's in Seventh Heaven and um, the Daredevil movie. I'll take your word and for it. And Electra. And I know and she's, she's married, married to Justin, to Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. That's all I know about her. Um, so yeah. she was in California this week lobbying against that bill, which would then, if she got her way, it would make it easier for people to get exemptions to the rule. Uh-huh. And her excuse was, I have uh, my concern is that my dearest friends have a child with a medical condition that warrants an exemption from vaccinations. And should this bill pass, it would greatly affect their family's ability to care for their child in this state. Mm. No, that's literally not true. Because if the kid needs a medical exemption, then he'll get one. No one is saying he shouldn't get one if he needs it. Yeah, That's the whole point. We want to cut down on the bad actors and make sure the kids who need it can get the exemptions they need. Uh-huh. So what the hell is she talking about? But she was fighting for this against this bill uh-huh. for just the dumbest reasons. And she was doing it with a guy named Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is a Kennedy, uh-huh. who is known for being the crackpot conspiracy theorist who promotes anti-vaxxer propaganda. <sighs> so if she's hanging out with this guy and going to lobby against a pro-vaccination bill. Right. Yeah, she's an anti-vaxxer. That's no what matter anti-vaxxing wh- No matter what she thinks like. she is. Like, the bill is meant to help public health. Um, Leah Russin, who's the executive director of Vaccinate California, which is a sponsor of this bill, or at least supporter of the bill, uh-huh. they said, look, the kids who need medical exemptions will not have a problem getting it. Right. Medical advice should be coming from medical professionals. Not Jessica Beale. Yeah. Like, stop hurting the state. Your movies have done enough. She's so anyway. The Sinner. The Sinner was pretty good as a show. I'll take your word for it, too. But this is the exact same argument that Jenny McCarthy makes, which is oh, Jessica no, Beale is saying, monster. I'm like, not anti-vaxxer. I support parental choice. No, no, no. Parents don't get a choice in whether to protect the health of the world. Right. And I think that's always going to be the problem with people who decide that they are anti-vax is that their point of view is always going to be, I should decide what, what happens to my child, which is an understandable position. In theory, that kind of makes sense. And without context, like, yeah, that makes sense. What it doesn't account for is the fact that herd immunity is a thing and vaccine vaccines are not useless, but leagues less effective when only, 
portions of the of the population have them. You need to have everybody vaccinated. That's why we don't have polio anymore. Right. Not that they realize this. There's other. Re- I mean, this is the thing that because these some of these diseases are not front and center, and you don't see people dying from it all the time. Right. These people think, well, then we don't need vaccinations because these aren't pro- diseases. Oh, that's we exactly need to be protected what it is. The from. vaccines are so good they made themselves. Feel feel obsolete, even though they're not. It's the reason those diseases were gone. And when they disappear, people aren't getting them as much. We see the outbreaks happening. That's happening now. Um, I don't have this in front of me, but New York yesterday just, I mean, immediately, the Mm -hmm. Senate passed a bill and Governor Cuomo signed it literally, I think, minutes after they passed it, that says there is no religious exemption Mm -hmm. to vaccines in our state that are required for school. And specifically, he was getting at like the ultra-Orthodox schools that were saying, nope, you don't need it. We're fine with it. You don't need it for our charter schools and whatnot. Yeah. And this is a way to crack down. No religious exemptions, only medical ones and mm-hmm. only when you need it. That's a good thing. That helps everybody. Like, there's nothing bad that's going to happen right. if you don't have a medical reason not to have it. So right. So chill out. Um, okay. Oh, Jessica Beale with the... F- what are you doing? What is she doing? Like, why Why are we... Why is... Why? Just Be, why? Because celebrities think they have a right to dictate parental choice on medical issues because they have a bigger platform, therefore they are smarter than the doctors. Mm. Anyway. All right, this is, this is the funniest, stupidest story. Okay. okay, good. There is a Christian publisher called Group. It gets confusing. They're called group okay. publishers. And they make these vacation Bible school curriculums for churches to use across the country. Okay. They're one of the bigger ones. So if you have a vacation Bible school in your area, they may be using this Christian ministry's like curriculum for their Bible camp. Why are they called vacation Bible schools? Because it's a vacation when you go to Bible school during the week over the summer. Really? Is that why? Um, some of them are sleepaways, maybe. Oh. But anyway, a lot of people use their material. Yeah. And the new curriculum for this summer is called Roar. And it's an epic African adventure that'll get you closer to the Bible. Here's the problem with, and if you see the cover, uh-huh. it's Roar. Life is wild. God oh. is good. Oh. <laughs> okay. Felt a little tacked on, but okay. So they just released it. Uh, so you can download it for like uh-huh. 100, 200 bucks or whatever they charge churches for access to this material. And here's some of the problems that people have pointed out with Roar. Uh, students, at one point, teachers are told to role play with their kids about a biblical thing that involves like an Egyptian guard and the slaves. And the kids are told to role play as the hopeless slaves and someone else gets to be the mean Egyptian guard who yells out things like, what are you doing? Don't you slaves know anything? You're the most hopeless slaves I ever saw. Maybe the next batch of slaves will be better. Oh, no. And the, the little teacher insert says, like, the goal is to teach kids how unfair life was for the slaves. Not like dehumanizing and inhumane, but unfair. Like, sure, sure, Which sure. is what you call dessert when you get a smaller piece yeah. than someone else. <laughs> That's what slave life was like. Oh, my God. Then they say, hey, kids, let's learn how to say an African language, of which there are like thousands. But let's learn an African language. Here's how you do it. No! Teach kids how to do that and then have kids introduce yourself with your new click language name. 
Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. By the way, there is a language that uses clicks in yeah. it. They don't even mention the name of that language. Well, who cares? <laughs> but they were like, that's like saying, hey, kids, can you roll your R's? Now you're done speaking Spanish. <laughs> like, we don't need to teach you words or the culture. <laughs> it's just- just do something stereotypical. Oh, and oh, and by the way, it, also in this curriculum, there's a group of warriors called, sorry if I mispronounce this, the Maasai warriors. Uh-huh. And they're, if you take out of context video clips of them, you see them jumping up and down. Uh-huh. Hey, kids, let's jump up and down and be African. Oh, no. By the way, they misspelled the name of that warrior tribe. Cool. But just told, take hey, kids, imitate them. So, quote, their feet make the sound of a crazy stampede. After completing the lesson, kids are told, quote, you've been able to see some of the people in Africa and the amazingly wild things they do. (laughs) Wild, because Africans are wild. At one point in this curriculum, Africa is referred to as a country. Sure. Oh, my God. That's (laughs) honestly the least surprising thing. And there's a reaction from people calling out group publishing, and they're like, let's look at your staff group picture. Oh, God. It's like a a where's Waldo where you're looking for the black person person and, and you're never going <laughs> to find it. So like, okay, so people have been pushing back against like, dude, what is wrong with this curriculum? There's no sensitivity to African culture here. Yeah. You're using black people as a stereotype, reducing them down to a stereotype. Uh-huh. It's culturally insensitive. It's literally inaccurate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what you're getting away with. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Fix it. They finally responded in a now-deleted tweet. Oh, God. (laughs) And they said things like, this was included as a way of sharing a unique, surprising, and completely different language form with the kids. It's cool. It's cool, they said? And they actually said, for example, when children learn Spanish, they practice rolling their R's. (gasps) They actually said that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So they finally, like, I think after all this, put out, like, an updated version where they tried to make it better. But somehow, like, I've looked at this. I've looked at this picture of their staff photo. There are, like, hundreds of people that work for this company. And and literally no one was like, hey, we should pause before we put this out there. Like, Jesus Christ, you're like every stereotype people have of conservative white Christians is totally evident in this vacation Bible school curriculum. How embarrassing. Oh, my God. And how awful for the teachers who get this thing, because a lot of times these vacation Bible school teachers Uh are actually like, okay, they're wrong about like everything, but they're (laughs) they're not bad people. And they're like, my church gave me this. They paid for it for me to use to teach these kids. And, like, how do you go back and tell all the kids, like, listen, I know our church wants you to learn this, but it's racist as shit. Uh Like, because what are you going to do in that position when they're basically paying you to teach these kids the thing the church tells? Oh, my God. So it's putting everybody in a bad situation, even when they get why it's wrong. Oh, that's bad. And all of this is supposed to bring these kids closer to Jesus, who I'm sure they are taught is totally white. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So. Oh, my God. That's a thing that happened. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> While we're uh, at what conservative Christians are doing, there is a polling organization known as the Barna Group. They do fine research, and they focus their research on the conservative Christian world. Okay. And so they put out every year a list of the most post-Christian cities in America. And that's their way of saying these are the least religious cities in America, but they got to spin it in a good way. Least religious or least Christian? 
least Christian. Okay. Least Christian cities. But how do you say, like, eh, these are the most godless cities in America? Post-Christian's pretty good. <laughs> Post-Christian, because it means they feel like they're beyond Christianity, mm. but we can bring them back, which is the goal of the oh, research. Oh, sure. There's <laughs> a call to action for this research, I guess. <laughs> so, like, number one this year, Springfield, Holyoke, Massachusetts, that area anyway, which is 66% post-Christian and there's also Portland, Maine, and Providence, Mass- Rhode Island, and Burlington, Portland, Vermont. Maine? Wait, these are very surprising to me. Yes, I mean, it's not typically liberal bastions yeah. everywhere, but these are, pla- like, how do they rank who's post-Christian? There is a list of 16 items that okay. they say, this is, po- like, do not believe in God. Uh-huh. If the majority of people don't believe in God, you get a check mark. Okay. And if you get nine check marks, we're going to count you as post-Christian. Okay. So other things on this list, like, what's, uh, do these cities have most of the people prayed to God in the last week? Um, have pe- do people disagree that the Bible is accurate? Have they not donated to a church in the last year? Like, these are all factors that they are considering. But the funny thing is, like, plenty of Christians themselves would admit to some, like, what if you haven't attended Sunday school? Well, a lot of Christians haven't attended I feel like most Sunday school. Don't attend Sunday yeah. school. Yeah, how about have you attended religious small group in the past week? A lot of progressive Christians don't attend a formal church, but they don't count. <laughs> They're right. not real Christians in the survey. They're not good enough, right? If you're not born again, then oh. you don't count. Wait, really? Yeah. So, like, a lot of Christians will get caught up in the post-Christian environment uh-huh. here. So, anyway, here's what I took away that they didn't stress in their results. Like last year or maybe two years ago when they did this, there were 10 cities that had a post-Christian percentage of 50% or more. Uh Like 50% of the people in this city are post-Christian. This year, it was 20. Really? Yeah. So the number of post-Christian cities are growing. (laughs) And so that's interesting. Uh A lot of them are in the Northeast. But yeah, like, that's. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. And again, by it, Barna but. just says, you know, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. Uh-huh. We're just telling you the way it is. You do with that information what you will. Right. With the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, being, hey, if you're looking to build a church, this is these are the right. places you might want to go to. Um, but the thing is, like, things have not gotten better since they started releasing this list. Like, if anything, people have more reason today than ever before to leave organized religion. Right. Again, even if they're Christian, they want nothing to do with these types of Christians. Right. So I don't see this getting any better for them. If anything, it's just a clue to, like, these are the cities where cool people live. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the coasts. Yeah. Uh, sadly, not where we live. But like, surpri- I would feel like like a Chicago type place would be. Where is Chicago on this list? Um, Chicago is twenty seven. We're only forty eight percent post Christian. We lose to Boise, Idaho, <laughs> which is forty eight percent. Like, huh. but again, it's it's just amusing to watch how they're spinning. I'm going to go this ahead news. and say maybe this research. Is a little flawed. (laughs) Well, it starts with the premise that you have to fit these criteria, but then they accurately count those criteria. But if the criteria are flawed, well, then you're going to get the survey you designed. So there you go. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Do you you want a totally random story? Yes. Rick Santorum is in the news this week. Why? I thought we were done with him. We're never done with him. No one's ever done cleaning up Santorum. Rick Santorum was the big bad of the Republican Party? God. The sweater vests are rebellious. He's like, 
what a wholesome <laughs> past we had that we were worried about Rick Santorum. <laughs> and we should have been worried. I just didn't realize everyone would come around to making him seem liberal. Yeah. Uh, he just, him and a group of 13 men have launched a new company. It's called Cathio. Because remember, Rick Santorum is not an evangelical Christian. He's a conservative Catholic. He launched Cathio. Cathio? W- which is Bitcoin for Catholics. Fuck you, Hemant. <laughs> How dare you make this story up and bring it to the sacred yeah, podcast? No, it's a real thing. Cathio? Uh, Cathio. So him and Matt Schlapp, who runs the organization that puts on CPAC oh. and a bunch of other people, they've designed this. And, be, and what's the reason? Here's what Santorum said. Quote, millennials don't carry cash. They date on apps and watch on-demand entertainment. Oh, this guy totally, has his finger on the pulse. Talk. Yeah, we have to be there. We have to learn from Did successful... Did he eavesdrop in my conversation? <laughs> you talk about on-demand entertainment. <laughs> yeah, we have to provide a universal solution that makes it easy for younger generations to engage with the church. The goal of Catholic Bitcoin is to make it easier for young people to give money to the church... Which, first of all, no, the people who go to church are the people who can't turn on their phones. Yeah. Two, like, <laughs> no one's spending Bitcoin. That's the problem with Bitcoin. Yeah. You hold on to it and hoard it in the hopes that it'll become more useful. Can I? But, like, no one's spending Bitcoin for real. Can I confess something? Yes. I have no idea what Bitcoin is. I and I don't, I do not I want you to explain I once had $100 of Bitcoin. Um, I no longer have $100 of Bitcoin. I, like, I've written articles about it. I've listened <laughs> to podcasts about it. I do not understand but it. But you're asking, like, the most conservative, like, church with the most conservative members to use the most, like, liberal type of right. thing that they clearly don't understand either because they think young people are going to, like, get an app <laughs> that has Bitcoin and then donate it to the church. Like, you're adding an extra, just get, just ask for cash. You, it's so much easier right now. I mean, now. he's not wrong. Like, Get we it? don't carry cash. If Rick Santorum said, give me your credit card number, kids, it would be more <laughs> sensical than whatever they are trying to do right now. This is wild. And if you're trying to reach out to younger people, I, I, here's a short list of what they could do. You could end the anti-gay bigotry. Uh-huh. You could stop punishing women who are rape victims. Uh-huh. You could support birth control. Uh-huh. You could banish predatory priests. Mm-hmm. You could stop the molesting. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is not on that list of priorities for young yeah. people and why they're... No one has ever said, well, I would have gone to church this weekend, but not enough Bitcoin. Yeah, or like I would have donated, but... I didn't have enough cash. Should they have like <laughs> had, a little dip machine? I had so much money in my millennial pockets. <laughs> but I was just waiting for the app to roll around. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's the dumbest reason. Um, my favorite comment on one website that was talking about this. This is just another brown stain on Santorum's reputation. Gross. <laughs> uh, I hate it. Oh, my God. So that's Can a thing. Can I talk about my one thing that I'm bringing to the table <laughs> yes. today? Yes. Um, so there is... So do you know who Rick Wiles is? Rick Wiles is this end times like preacher who's like, the world's going to end. He's also an anti-Semite, by the way. Oh, cool. Totally rips on Jews on his True News show every time. That's neat and fun. Yeah. So this guy is one of those, like, I'm sure most people haven't heard of him because he's not overtly political. 
But he is one of those right-wing Christian figures who always says crazy shit. Yeah. And he does have a following of sorts. Sure. And you're a vegetarian. I um, am. Have you tried the Impossible Burger? No, I actually want to try the I fake burger that supposedly tastes like meat. Yeah, I would really like, like to try I it. I would try that. I tried to order it. Are you ready where, to... From where? Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh-huh. I'm prepping you yeah. because you're going to call me the whitest person you know again. Whole Foods? Uh, no, it was in the, um, the Mall of America <laughs> in the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> You're right. You found a way to get whiter than Whole Foods. Um, and I, I ordered you it. You were going to or you did? I, I ordered it, but they were out. Oh, okay. I was really bummed. I really wanted yeah. to try it. Um, but, but all these yeah. restaurants are starting to pick it up, so it's going to come yeah, here like, soon. Yeah, f- like fast food joints yeah. are, are picking up, which is cool. And I'm like uh, pr- very much pro, like... Let's give it a shot. Less cruelty to animals. Yeah. If it if it tastes the same according to meat eaters, then yeah. like good, make the switch. It's good for everybody. Right. Um, Rick Wiles has some thoughts. I'm just gonna go <laughs> ahead and read verbatim what he said. How did he find a way to turn like meatless burgers into something bad for Christians? When you go to your favorite fast food restaurant, you're gonna be eating a fake hamburger. You're going to you're going to go to the grocery store and buy a pound of fake hamburger or a fake steak. And you won't and you won't know that it's been that it was grown in some big corporation's laboratory. First of all, I know everything that I eat at a fast food restaurant came from a big corporation's <laughs> factory. That is not the problem for me when I need convenience and food. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the nightmare world that they're taking us into. They're changing God's creation. Why? <laughs> because they want to be God. God is an environmentalist. He takes this very seriously. He created this planet. He created the universe. And he's watching these Luciferians (laughs) destroy (laughs) this planet. I haven't read this part yet. (laughs) Luciferians. I love that. That's new. Like, I have problems with the fast food CEO types. Uh Like, yeah, they do a lot of damage. Not because of meatless plants. Yeah, that's not what we're... Meatless plants. (laughs) Whatever the hell. Meatless patties. Like, of all the reasons to, like, slam the leaders of McDonald's, right? this is not the one. Right. Um, So they're Luciferian. They're satanic. To destroy this planet, destroy the animal kingdom, destroy the plant kingdom, change human DNA. (laughs) Because when you eat a burger, it changes your DNA. Why, Hammond? They want to change human DNA so that you can't be born ag- so you can't be born again. That's where they're going with this to change the DNA of humans so it would be impossible for a human to be born again. So if I Does eat a meat- born again like born again Christian yeah. or so born again like uh, repopulate the earth. Born again Christian, I'm pretty sure, but like okay, so if I eat a meatless burger, it's going to change my DNA to keep me an atheist. Uh-huh. And it like if eating a meatless burger will prevent you from accepting Christ somehow, even though I'm pretty sure a Christian could make the argument that God created those animals, let's not slaughter them, yeah. let's convert to something that doesn't, it's not as cruel. You could make that argument from a Christian perspective, yeah. but this guy's jumping right to, it's satanic and godless, these impossible burgers. He, and just to round out his quote, they want to create a race of soulless creatures on this planet. So yes. I mean, how did he know? Yeah. Who told him? Yeah. I don't know. Did Ronald McDonald snitch again? (laughs) Um, It's just, I love when Christian preachers, like, figure out one thing about science and just use that as often as they can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This guy thinks DNA can be manipulated through burger patties. You know. As one does. 
<laughs> um, did you know that the Catholic Church does not like the LGBTQ people? I thought we were Remember, done with anti-gay shit. No, we're never done. Remember when Pope Francis said way back when that, like, who am I to judge when it comes to, I mean, like, you're gay the people? Pope, so, like... Yeah, it's kind of your job. It's sort of your whole jam. <laughs> uh, the Vatican released a document this week. The Vatican. Not, like, random dude on the fringes of the Vatican. Right. But, like, the Vatican released a document called Male and Female. He created them. That's basically a long anti-trans screed. Cool. And it says things like this oscillation between male and female, as if trans people are just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll they're flip like a coin a, and decide like what I am today. Um, it's just this long anti-trans document, and it's, uh, it says anyone who... I'm sorry, this is from a pro... LGBTQ Catholic, who says anyone who thinks that being transgender is a response to ideology <laughs> has not spoken to many transgender people. Um, but the Vatican has basically released this thing saying being transgender isn't a thing. It is a provocative display against so-called traditional frameworks as if trans people are just trans to rebel. I would argue that like drag queens would fall into that category more of like rebelling against traditional gender roles. But yeah. that's... A different conversation. But that is a different conversation. For a different day. Now, we don't, like, Pope and Francis... This man will not be included in. Pope Francis didn't sign off on this. We don't know, like, if he knows about this document, much less believes it. Sure. But he has said things that are basically the same. He talked about, like, the wickedness of gender theory. He's talked about how that stuff goes against the natural order. So, like, it's he's on the same page, even if he hasn't signed off on this document. Sure. Um... But like, yeah. Even if he didn't sign this, like, let's not pretend that he thinks anything different. Right. He's not any better than the Vatican in this sense. Uh, There is a group of Catholics that actually fights for LGBTQ equality within the church, which is kind of the most futile mission you could imagine. Uh, You know what? But he said the Vatican remains in the dark ages, promoting a false teaching that relies on myth, rumor, and falsehoods, which is true, but it's also true of Catholicism in general. Yeah, but listen, if he's trying to make things even slightly better for marginalized people, then I'm going to back him up. It's just a reminder that, like, the church isn't any better on any of this. Not today, not ever. And that actually goes with this next story. Oh. I know. Look at me segue. Segue. Um, <laughs> like a real professional. Yeah. The Pew Research Center came out with a survey this week that is really bad news for the Catholic Church because, okay, there's a few different things here. They asked a bunch of U.S. adults, adults, uh, have you heard about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church? And the answer is like uh-huh. more than 90% of people have heard something about sexual abuse sure. in the Catholic Church, which is more than I would have expected. Because most people know nothing about anything, but they know about sexual yeah, abuse in the church. It, it's been a big story for a long time, though. Yeah, it has. They asked people, like, do you think the recent reports reflect ongoing problems? Like, is sexual abuse an ongoing problem in the church? In or is what it an old, universe? Or, or is it, like, an old problem that's coming to light? Because the Catholic Church has said, look, all these priests that we are outing now as predators, look, they existed in the 50s and 60s and 70s. We have put a stop to that. It's not like you hear about... You know, last year a priest molested a kid. Don't we? Uh, Relative to the older ones. Uh I mean, there are definitely fewer that are doing it now. Yeah. But, like, it's the question is is this mostly a problem of the past? Or are kids still getting molested in the church? So Pew asked all these recent reports is it reflecting an ongoing problem or is it all in the past? 
79% of Americans said, no, it's happening now. That is what people think of the church. Yeah. Like, four out of five people are like, yeah, no, molesting is still happening. Uh, yeah. Which is bad news for the church, who insists this is an old problem. Well, and I think... That's interesting because I, I guess I hadn't considered that we don't hear a lot of news stories. I think, though, the problem is less about is abuse happening right now and more is the church continuing to be complicit in past abuse stories. Right. And I think that's just as important. Right. And that's fair. And the other question they asked is, do you think sexual abuse and misconduct, is it worse in the Catholic church than any other arena in life or other religions? 48% of people said, yeah, it's way worse yeah. in the Catholic Church. And 47% said it's equally as bad. Like, literally, there has been an argument among some Catholic defenders who, who are like, look, abuse happens anytime you have adults and kids mixing. Like Bill Donahue, the Catholic League, right. the guy who's just sitting in his basement all day, like, ranting. <laughs> He's like, look, abuse happens in public schools but you don't hear about it as much as you do in Catholic churches because everyone loves picking on the Catholic church. Like, it's not worse. You're just shining a spotlight there to make it because you're anti-Catholic. That's his That's view of this. That's a bad take. But according to the Pew survey, like 95% of people say the Catholic church is at least as bad or worse <laughs> than everywhere else. And, like, half the people said it was worse. Yeah. Which doesn't, like, if you're thinking about the Catholic Church and morality, people do not see those as synonymous. Right. Like, you do not go to the Catholic Church for morality. Half the people are like, yeah, no, the Catholic Church is where you get molested. Oof. Yeah. So they also asked, like, what about among Catholics? I was just about <laughs> to ask that. Yeah. So this is a different question. But they said, how has the abuse scandal taken a toll on people who still call themselves Catholic? Mm -hmm. In fact... 27% of Catholics in the country said they go to Mass less often. 26% said they've reduced the amount of money they give to church. Wow. So it has hurt the sure. churches, like, even among believers. So that's something. So anyway, the, the survey basically says the church is totally getting dinged for it's the abuse scandal. Yeah. A lot of people still think it's going on right now. Whatever PR the church is trying to do is not helping. No. And this is, I mean, it's great news for the rest of us who mm -hmm. are like trying to tell people about this. Right. And it means the church isn't getting anywhere by pretending this is a small issue or that it's an old issue. Right. No one believes them. Oh. Whew. Well. That's the thing. I mean, good, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like, what's the right reaction to something like that? I think it's it's a relief that people are not yeah. swayed by whatever the Vatican's trying to say. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So I have one last story for you. Okay. This one is from Wisconsin. It has nothing to do with the rest of this stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is in Appleton, Wisconsin, the Appleton North High School. Specifically, they had graduation last week. Mm -hmm. And one of the speakers was a pastor. Why was the speaker a pastor? Nobody because knows. he also happens to be on the Board of Education. So his job um, during the graduation was basically to say, like, he's, he's welcoming the class of 20... What year is it? 2019. <laughs> yeah. His job was to accept the class of 2019. Like, it's now official. You're graduates, uh -huh. right? That's all he had to do. Sure. That's totally not what he did. What? What he did, at one point in there, he said something like, hey, graduates, make sure that as you graduate, lean on your sources of strength. 
right? Like if your parents give you support, you're going to have tough times ahead. You should lean on them. That's good. Quote, for me, my source of strength is my faith and my relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, it's a personal thing, whatever. Sure. Then you hear some cheering in the crowd. Oh. Then he says, oh, it sounds like I got some believers in the room. Hey, if you're here and you believe that, go ahead and clap your hands. Oh, like, no. Like, hey, Christians, make yourselves known. And then at the end of his speech, he says, you know, it's my pleasure to commend you and formally accept the Appleton North High School class of 2019 now, uh, the script that he was given, he says, now it was typed out to say, best wishes, but I'm changing the script to what I would say, God bless. So he basically used whatever he could to turn this into a sermon. Cool. It's totally unacceptable. It wasn't just a side reference to his uh, yeah. personal beliefs. He hijacked this ceremony to yeah, give a sermon. Yeah, that's inappropriate. And the thing is, this isn't even the first time he's done this. Really? Two years ago. When he was first elected to the board, he did the same thing. He did all the same stuff. He actually like promoted his faith during the graduation ceremony. Oh, and by the way, that same year, he gave a presentation to a local political party called Placing God in the Classroom. Un- wow, what do they support? Yeah, I wonder. So anyway, this week, a group of like more than two dozen students and graduates uh-huh. wrote a letter to the school board where they were, it was an amazing letter. You got to read this thing. They basically said this year's inappropriate speech given by Pastor Dupree was allowed due to a clear oversight by the school board. His action not only made minority groups in the commencement crowd uncomfortable, but also displayed a deep disrespect for the teachers and administrators who every day work to leave their biases at the classroom door in an effort to foster inclusive environments. This is not a situation where his free speech rights are being repressed. Uh-huh. It is one in which he inappropriately used his position as a public official to put his religious views on display. They kept going. While he may find it difficult to separate his roles as a pastor and a school board member, the Supreme Court has made the necessity of that separation clear. Public schools may not be used as a pulpit. Then they asked the school board, don't let this guy speak at any public school event again. Good. He has shown he cannot be trusted. Good. And they asked the school board, you should require all speeches at these ceremonies to follow a script that has been submitted to you in advance. If they are not followed, we request that the microphone of the speaker be cut. Wow. Yeah. They're not fucking around. No, it was amazing. That's awesome. The administration has not said they're going to do all this. They kind of gave a perfunctory, like, well, we didn't want him to say it. Like, right. we, we, our goal is inclusion, <laughs> but no, then they should accept it. And what did Pastor Dupree say in response to all this? People of faith should not have to go in the closet when everyone else is allowed to be free and out of the oh, closet. Oh, fuck you. Like he's oh, being repressed. Oh, fuck you. Neutrality is not you repression. You use the word in the closet, you yeah. motherfucker. Oh, my God, these people. <sighs> so that guy is still on the school board. Uh-huh. I mean, he's elected there. But those kids were dead on right with their letter. Good for them. Now the question is whether the school board will take it up. Because, again, not the first time it's happened. They knew this was going to happen. Right. They should have known this was going to happen. So, whew. Wow. 
Any uh, any good things going on for you this weekend? Uh, family members graduation party. Oh, fun! See people. All right, oh, that's neat. Yeah, I. You know what? This week I did get to see Andrew Seidel from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Oh, how was that? He did a a Q and A session about his new book about Christian nationalism, the founding myth. Uh-huh. It was good. good. Like it was fun. The questions were really good. People were re- asked really good questions. It was a fun event. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Jerry Coyne was the other. Uh, he asked the questions during one section before mm-hmm. the crowd asked. But yeah, good crowd. It was awesome. Um, cool. I, uh, last night, my brother and I went to see Jordan Jesse go live in Chicago, which was extremely fun. Um, that was neat. Good podcast. It's, it's a podcast both Kevin and I listen to, and it's, oh, I interviewed Jesse Thorne on, yeah. for, for this show. We posted I, that for Patreons only, I believe. No, we, we, we released we them. that live? We did. We released all of them, yes. I think. And I got to speak to him, and he told me I did a really good job, and I was like, ah! <laughs> um, I'm sure he was just being polite, because he seems like a very polite dude, but it was very cool. Um, and then my mom is 10 minutes away. Oh, wow. And we are going to... We'll uh, stop then now, so we can... Yeah, we're, my, <laughs> we're throwing my uh, future sister-in-law a shower tomorrow. Aww. It's going to be Hallmark movie-themed. Nice. It's going to be extremely fun. Does Aunt Becky be make an appearance? No, that's not Hallmark. That's Lifetime. Yeah, that's Lifetime. I bet she's in a Hallmark movie if I find one hard... Like, if I look hard enough. Do it. What happened to her? That's another podcast. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-A-E. I'm um, at Hem and Meta. Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Yeah. Um, if you would like to support me personally, you can go to my Etsy page. Um, it's Bitches Get Stitched Done. Um, and you Order can, your stuff. Yeah. Order a cross stitch. Order something custom. And yeah, um, happy Pride Month, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.